Hello and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlock with Think Chat and welcome to confession number 49. Today we're going to focus on thinking skills uh, for grades 1 to 6. So welcome. If you don't teach these grades, please refer to episode 48 for grades pre-K to K and episode 50 for our specialists and supporting teachers. So welcome to this episode, my friends who teach primary or elementary age children. We are going to take a deep dive today into the thinking skills, which are the approaches to learning to help you broaden your understanding and help you to unpack one um, sub-skill completely. My aim is for you to get start thinking about the ATLs differently, not just as an add-on to the program, but actually a vital part of making independent learners. So we're going to be examining some of the um, thinking skills um, actually from the PYP from principles into practice, learning and teaching from pages 26 to 38. As previously discussed, the teacher sets the tone for everything that happens in the classroom, right? From agency to inquiry to the ATLs. And they must consider the role in making the ATLs become part of the learning process in the classroom. So what can teachers do to set the stage for the ATLs to happen? First of all, we model the language of thinking and reinforce the processes of thinking. We ask open-ended questions. We provide sufficient thinking time. We implement and model a range of visible thinking routines. We explicitly ask students to discuss and reflect on the value and limitations of resources used throughout their inquiries. We provide time for reflection at all stages of learning, before, during, and after inquiries. We promote a range of tools for reflection and ensure that reflection activities are responsive and varied. And we reflect on existing competencies and co-create learning goals. Now that sounds like a lot. And when I look at this list, you know, you can get overwhelmed by the requirements just for the thinking skills within one unit of inquiry. And then I take a step back and I think about the PYP, you know, and the unit structure. We're always encouraged to pick two to three that we're going to focus on with our students. So why wouldn't we do that for ourselves? So I kind of look at this list that they have for you know, what teachers need in order to make thinking skills come alive. I look at it as almost like a success criteria. So I'm going to pick maybe one to three that I'm going to focus on and that I'm going to be better at. I'm not going to do the whole list because that would drive me crazy. There's so much to cover. So are you breathing easier now? I hope so, friends, because, man, I just don't want to get overwhelmed in this process. But I do want to take a step further in doing better and getting students to look at the ATLs differently. I'm tired of seeing in my own units in my in that I've taught in the past, and I see other units. Oh, we're doing research skills. What well, what part of research? Oh, we're doing critical thinking. What part of critical thinking? We're getting down to the nitty gritty here, my friends. So when I am trying to help my students understand what thinking is, they really need to understand that there's two main 
um, subskill criteria for uh, the ATLs in words to thinking. There's going to be critical thinking and there's going to be creative thinking. So when we're thinking about critical thinking, we're analyzing, we're evaluating, and we're forming decisions. So think about it. We're really pulling it all apart, right? We're looking at all the pieces so that we can ultimately make good decisions. Now, creative thinking is kind of putting all the pieces together. It's coming up with new ideas we had never considered before as generating novel ideas. We're considering new perspectives, trying to open our mind. We're looking at information transfer. We're not just trying to do an activity and thinking for this activity, but we're trying to apply it to the next. And reflection and metacognition, because we know that deep thinking happens when we have time to reflect. So now we're going to take a deeper look at one of the subskills and how we might approach it, teaching it in our, you know, to our learners and within our unit planners. I chose the same um, ATL subskill for the early years and the specialists uh, and supporting teachers because it allows the coordinator to see how they can be applied in different ways. As students get older, they want to become more part of the design process. So consider unpacking the ATLs at the beginning of the unit after you've introduced the topic. Ask students to help you choose which ATLs should be used in the unit. That makes sense, right? Kind of like a success criteria. Hey, here's these possibilities. What do y'all think? Then, you know, they're utilizing them as success criteria in creating goals. And I it's not about covering them all because remember you have the whole program to cover these in depth and every unit's going to hit two or three, but rather to me, uh, I look at it more like a choice menu. And I really like that idea because we're reinforcing that agency. So now I'm going to delve into one of the um, creative thinking sub skills, which is considering new perspectives. When we're considering new perspectives, there's, several areas of how you can develop creating new perspectives. And so we're going to dive into um, the different ways, not limited to these ways, but we'll get you started. So one of uh, the uh, subscale criteria is first is ask what if questions and generate testable hypotheses. So if we get learners to begin with what if, it naturally sets the stage for agency and inquiry in our classrooms. Students will, you know, soon be pairing two unlikely things together and testing out their hypotheses. And that's fun. So, for example, I taught my fourth graders about mixtures and solutions, and they were struggling a little bit. So to test their understanding and to try to stretch their thinking, I gave them a random box of materials and asked them to create their and design their own um, experiment and go through the scientific process, but also utilize the inquiry skills. And by the end, students were wearing sleeping masks to, you know, better understand the difference. And this all came from asking, what if I put in paint with beads? I wonder what would happen. What if I took away one of my senses and tried to do process this? I wonder what would happen. And it just kept going from there. So the second 
considering new perspectives subskill uh, criteria is apply knowledge to design new products, processes, media, and technologies. Obviously, you don't have to do them all. Products, processes, media, and technologies. But we want students to recognize that technology and processes have changed over time due to new information and advancements, right, as we go along in this world. And this process can be replicated by allowing our learners to innovate better ways of using existing products or processes, medias, and technologies. So this could drive, you know, all of your units and not just how the world works or sharing the planet. I can see connections between products and processes during the Industrial Revolution to now where we're creating um, NTFs, um, virtual products, right? How, how has that changed the way we think about what is an object? And how do we can uh, create various art and how that art is perceived and how we express ourselves? So lots of options right now. So the third subskill criteria is consider multiple alternatives, including those that might be unlikely or impossible. Ah, friends, this gets me thinking about concepts. Can you imagine how magical learning would be if we had learners connecting what we're doing to concepts all day long? They would have multiple iterations of what patterns look like patterns with natural cycles, patterns with place value, patterns with poetry structure, and so much more. We want our learners to think beyond superficial connections that exist because this is where learning is hardwired to long-term memory. And they will be able to look at any two isolated ideas or facts and be able to connect them together. And that this is a skill that requires time, so it's going to be over your program of inquiry, but we want them to be able to walk away from PYP with this skill. So we have another subskill criteria, practice flexible thinking, develop multiple opposing, contradictory, and complementary arguments. Okay, well, I think this is natural in elementary and in middle school. Because learners hunger to talk things out. If you have any classroom like I've had, kids want to talk all day. What a better way to get them thinking and posing con contradictory and complementary arguments. This means you pose a sit learning situation or situational is prompt, and the learners, you know, go through and either defend or oppose it, and they're collecting evidence. I used to use CER, claim, evidence, reasoning, which is beautiful to use in all subject areas. And it's great for getting kids to really examine issues and be able to defend it with evidence. So one simple way you could ask is which one is better, white or chocolate milk at lunch? And by getting learners to practice this flexible thinking, they become more open-minded to the thoughts of others, and that's what we want. Another subskill criteria is practice visible thinking strategies and techniques. So muscle memory comes to mind when I think of Harvard Pro Harvard's Project Zero uh, visible thinking routines. 
Now, muscle memory is the process of conditioning the brain through regular repetition and hands-on learning that ideas get hardwired to the brain. They call them routines because the practice should be daily, so learners can eventually self-select a tool that best fits their task outcome. You know, because now uh, they're not going to always work um, for every situation. And so we have to know which tool goes for what type of task. And our goal right here is to get our students to be independent and utilize the visible thinking routines to help them get there. So the next sub um, skill criteria is generate metaphor and analogies. Now, if you're like me, I get metaphors, similes, and analogies mixed up. And I think this example will help to clarify it in your mind. So a metaphor is my puppy is a hug. A, similar, a simile is my puppy is like a comforting hug. An analogy is my puppy's love for me is the same as a comforting hug from your best friend. You know, we use this figurative language to get learners to make unlikely connections between objects and ideas so that they're able to explain their thinking in a different way. We want them and encourage them to utilize metaphor, simile, analogies, and not just during the time we're doing poetry, but utilizing it in everyday situations. Woo, my friends, my brain is done, 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 done after packing all those ideas. So I'm hoping I'll see you. Don't worry. This is, uh, this is the why thinking skills are so hard, right? And why I always suggest that if you do thinking, you don't do research too, to lighten the load. And I hope I'll see you in episode 52 when we unpack the research skills. See you later.